Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and salutations. Hello again, amazing hempster. Welcome to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio. Tyler Hemp here, your hemptrepreneurial host, here to hemp power and hemp educate your hemposphere, as always, because it's important. And here we are again with another brief yet very powerful and hemp educational show for you. Uh, I believe that investing in your education and investing in hemp are two essential actions that you can be doing for yourself and our economy, uh, the planet as a whole, uh, that will make a long-term beneficial impact on on your life and the lives of of everyone on the planet. And so today we have a a very special guest, my my new friend, Bruce Dietzen. He's the founder of the company Carbon Negative Fiber, as well as the website RenewSportsCars.com. And in fact, he actually built his very own hemp car uh, containing hemp fibers, which we're going to get into in just a moment. But I'm, I'm super excited to have him on today's show to discuss some of the crucial topics of hemp, uh, some of the main uh, challenges in the industry and opportunities uh, that that uh, we have in front of us. And incidentally, Bruce is is working on a, a really cool relaunch of Jack Herrer's book, The Emperor Wears No Clothes. He's working side by side with Dan Herrer, his son, and, and a group of people that are helping bring this uh, phenomenal foundational book for the industry back uh, into the hands of the people. So if you haven't already checked it out, go to amazon.com and check out uh, the ebook version of the emperor wears no clothes. And uh, we'll get into that as well in just a moment, but thank you so much for being on the show, Bruce. Thank you, Tyler. It's great to be here. Right on. So, before we get into the nitty gritty of your cool hemp car and what you're doing with uh, with your company, uh, at, you know, carbon negative fiber, give us a little bit of background of, of your story. Where did you come from? What's uh, what's kind of your history and what led you up to the hemp industry in uh, in general? Yeah, I I really was in the computer industry and the internet industry for about 25 years. Um, and uh, then at that point, just decided I wanted to do what my what I wanted to do, right? Uh, instead of working for the man, uh, I wanted to do mm-hmm. things for myself, and uh, just wanted to do what so many other guys have probably all wanted to do. So many, not all guys, but you know, design your own car, right? What guy yeah. guy didn't want to have his own car? And yeah. so I spent a few years doing that, and that's when I discovered, um, in the process of just investigating unique things about the automobile industry, truly, truly unique designs and, and this sort of thing. I discovered chapter five of a book called the emperor wears no clothes that talked about how Henry Ford, um, started in 1929 to build a car that was made as from as, as, as much material as he possibly could from his farms um, instead of using classic stuff like uh, like steel, and uh, and then he also ran it on uh, on the residues from his cannabis hemp fields, because mm-hmm. everybody knows that 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 Henry Ford grew cannabis, right? Everybody knew that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, actually, they didn't. So I'm kind of joking, but that's what mm-hmm. that's what got me into that into the world of hemp because I. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read about that, and then I calculated just how green that car must have been because it was made yeah. out of plant materials, and it ran off of uh, plant materials. 
yesterday and it blew me away. Yeah. That convinced me that I had to make my own amp car. That's beautiful. Yeah, incidentally, Rudolph Diesel, the inventor of the diesel engine, from my research, he actually intended for the diesel engine to be ran on plant and, and seed oils, biodiesel. Yes, so, I believe that's true. For, yes. mm-hmm. So yes. Henry Ford and, and – um, all of our listeners can check out Henry Ford's hemp car on YouTube. I mean, this isn't uh, this isn't a secret anymore. It's it's coming out. You know, there's even evidence of him hitting the car with a sledgehammer uh, on this video, or someone did. Uh, I think you might have actually done that with Jay Leno as well at one point. You were on a show with your with your car hitting the front of the hood, right? Showing the uh, the strength yeah. and durability. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was on uh, Jay Leno's garage and and. Uh... Uh, he had his team had an entire script all put together, right? And we were mm-hmm. supposed to kind of loosely follow the script. And then Jay walks walks up, and he's completely on a different script, right? And yeah, he's, it's his show, so he can do whatever he wants to do. So I just ad libbed too, and yeah. I just started beating the hell out of my car. And he's looking at me like I lost my mind, um, <laughs> and uh, almost broke my hand. And oh, uh, boy. it was just a really great scene because he's such a cool guy, such a such a, a witty guy. I, I, be, I beat on yeah. the car for a little bit, and then I turned to Jay, and I said, Jay, you want to try? And so he, he walks up to it, and he kind of taps on it a couple times, and he says, okay, it should start now. <laughs> I was cracking up. I mean, he was yeah. just, he's just a super cool guy, a super funny guy, and uh, that was a great experience. But getting back to Henry Ford, you know, and uh, – and Rudolph Diesel, etc. You know those guys. Um, they, you know, they went through World War One. They saw that there was a finite amount of, you know, steel and metal and and uh, and and you know, petroleum was just being discovered in you know in places like Texas. And they saw that that was fairly finite as well. So they saw that there was um, unlimited amount of uh, resources. Um, that we currently take, you know, for granted today. But you know, things like steel and um, and, and 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 petroleum were not considered to be widely available. So that's why these guys were looking at other things like mm-hmm. plant materials um, to fuel vehicles or to make vehicles out of. Um, it's a very strange situation because back then they came up with the answer to today's climate catastrophe well before they ever knew there was going to be a climate crisis um, they yeah. came up with this idea let's let's stop digging stuff up from underneath the ground and mm-hmm. instead let's just grow the stuff that we need from from within the soil from above the ground mm-hmm. and yeah. henry ford actually had a saying and i remember first mentioning this when i first talked to some potential investors five years ago and i said and I, they said what are you doing i said I'm growing cars from the soil. And they looked yeah. at me like, are you an idiot? And I said, no, I said that's a direct quote from Henry Ford because that's what yeah. Ford set out to do. And, uh, yeah. you, know, un- you know, unfortunately, he passed away uh, only a couple of years after he, he introduced that car uh, mm-hmm. in 1941. And so he yeah. couldn't continue to pursue that direction. If he would have been mm-hmm. alive, he hadn't been, you know, 80 years old or so, um, I can guarantee you, given his fortitude and his yeah. drive uh, and his level of am- ambition, 
we would all be driving hemp cars today. We, you, you guys wouldn't be calling. No you doubt. wouldn't be calling me, you know, asking for an interview. You see, exactly. We'd be driving hemp cars already. We'd be living in buildings made out of hemp. We'd be we'd be a renewable. Um, we'd be a renewable society. Is what yeah, we would be most certainly. if we had followed that that path. But unfortunately, we just, we just kept on thinking, you know, we can keep on digging up as much oil and steel and iron ore as we want to, and everything is just be hunky-dory, but now we know we were wrong, right, as a, as a yep. society. No doubt. So, we live and we learn. So now we're on a mission to empower the world with this truth, and obviously there's we could have an entire show just on my next question, but other than, you know, the fiber aspect – and, and the fact that we can place fossil fuels, what is it that makes you so passionate about hemp and cannabis in general, or just the industry at large? Well, uh, in one word, I would call it inevitability. What we were just talking about here isn't something that's just going to be a pipe dream. We have no choice. If we want to continue to stay on this planet in an, in an inhabitable planet, along with, you know, half the species that are already here before we lose all those as well. And we have to become a renewable society. Mm -hmm. Um, That's pretty much well understood. The only part of the education process that's not complete yet is that the, everybody on the planet doesn't quite yet understand that hemp is the most versatile plant to use in order to become a 100% sustainable society. So what's happening, uh, you're seeing all these various different segments out there in the economy that are generating greenhouse gases, you know, like the electricity segment, which generates 25% of it. Um, that's being disrupted by things like uh, 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 wind turbines and solar panels, which both mm-hmm. can be made from hemp fiber, by the way, instead of these, mater- these minerals that have to be pulled out of the ground like yeah. iron ore and bauxite. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're making with making these uh, solar panels with aluminum stands that hold them up. Guess what? Right. You can make that you can make that with hemp fiber. Um, ultimately, in, you know, in, in when once it's scaled, um, cheaper and lighter than from yep. aluminum. Um, exactly. You can make and these stronger wind, wind blades out of. Yep. Out of hemp fiber. And they should last longer because they, the, uh, the the hemp fiber actually has a, a, a capability to uh, absorb energy. It's called uh, energy damping. And so that's mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the things that slowly destroys these, these wind vanes because they're made out of carbon fiber and fiberglass. Um, just right. vibration. So then you have another segment. You've got the agricultural segment, right? And uh, you, you already know that hemp can, can help regenerate lots of soils, right? You could do a mm-hmm. whole, whole story on that, I'm sure. If you haven't done what mm-hmm. you will someday, but um, and yeah. then you've got the transportation segment, and so there's guys like me that have made hemp cars. Um, there's guys like uh, you know Elon Musk and, and Tesla that have made electric cars, um, mm-hmm. just huge disruptive technologies. But yeah. the thing that gets me most excited is the third largest contributor to greenhouse gases, and that mm-hmm. is the industrial sector, the people that make everything mm-hmm. around us, you know, mm-hmm. from drywall to cement to, to, uh, to uh, two by fours, the television, the computer that you're talking to right now, all this stuff, mm-hmm. those are all made by the industrial sector. 
And mm-hmm. guess what the largest contributor of greenhouse gases for the industrial sector is? Is a is a is a group of uh, it's a group that I call the structural materials uh, subsector mm-hmm. of the industrial sector. It's responsible building materials for uh, building materials uh, are 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 in in that area, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's responsible for a total of about nine percent of all man-made greenhouse gases. It's one of the largest contributors uh, to the climate catastrophe right now and hemp Mm -hmm. is the best material to replace some of these current materials which include Mm -hmm. steel which is the big one that's an 807 billion dollar market aluminum which is a 160 billion dollar market and then you get Mm -hmm. into some of the smaller ones smaller ones like uh, fiber fiberglass and carbon fiber which are designed to replace steel and aluminum, mm-hmm. and those combined are about a $16 billion market. So it adds up to about a trillion-dollar market right now that's not being addressed, right, yeah. um, nearly as much as other, other segments. I talked about the transportation, the electricity, mm-hmm. and the agriculture. This is the third largest contributor of greenhouse gases right now. And we're we're not doing much about it. There's a couple of companies that are that have have gotten about a hundred million dollars or more invested into them in order to address the issue with cement, which is about eight percent of of greenhouse gases. But the structural mm-hmm. materials, steel, aluminum, fiberglass, and carbon fiber, mm-hmm. that's just starting. And it's just oh. people are just starting to become aware that we can replace a lot of those materials with hemp fiber. Indeed. So you could have gone after this in, in different ways in, in terms of, you know, how to make your, your impact or how to get people to look at this uh, opportunity. So what, what spurred you wanting to, you know, make a car in particular? You could have built a house. You could have done a clothing line. You could have done other, you know, obviously applications. But, but what, why was it a car specifically? What spurred that idea? Well, it, it, again, I, I went into this kind of blind my knowledge mm-hmm. of hemp six years ago was was nada right mm-hmm. i really didn't know anything about hemp, and it was yeah. just reading that book uh, right I, when it just dawned on me oh my god i mean i cal- i sat yeah. down and i calculated it I'm, I'm one of these geeks that likes to quantify stuff you know you mm-hmm. get a lot of people running around saying all sorts of stuff but i go like show me the math and so i yeah. I, I did some homework on this thing and figured out that the total lifetime carbon footprint uh, of a car that's mostly made out of hemp and runs on uh, scraps that are brought, taken out of the field and, and turned into ethanol, um, it's, mm-hmm. it, like Henry Ford did. The total lifetime carbon footprint for that that vehicle was probably less than five five wow. uh, tons of, of CO2, and mm. so that that just blew my mind because that's a lot yeah. lower than the lifetime carbon footprint of, of even just making an electric car, yeah. which is like double that at least. So um, it, that's, that's what convinced me. And then, you know, I went from like being a car enthusiast to a hemp enthusiast. Yeah. And then, you know, hemp car enthusiast. Started taking a look at all this, all these other things, you know, and met lots of other guys like yourself and, um, and, and, and the folks that are doing hemp, hemp and hemp buildings and, and hemp plastics and, 
it's just it's huge. I mean, uh, everybody's got to get into this thing. It's, this is very exciting time. So what would you say some of the toughest challenges are, you know, I mean, you had this idea, this vision, you did the research. And I mean, within a few years, you're driving around in this red hemp sports car. What, um, you know, what, what were some of the biggest challenges to overcome to get that accomplished? And what would someone expect to invest to, to build their own hemp car? Hmm. Well, um, yeah, as you can well imagine, you know, the first time you set out to do something like this, you got to experiment. You got to work through several different types of, of, of woven hemp in order to find the best solution, right? There's mm-hmm. all sorts of different hemp that's out there that you can get. And then there's, and, and that's the reinforcement in, in what's called a composite, right? Uh, mm-hmm. There's reinforcement and then there's a resin or a matrix that holds it together, Right. So mm-hmm. had to experiment with several, several of those as well. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was the obvious challenge. So that took, you know, 12 iterations, et cetera. And we've now got it down to the point where these composites that we make are about 46% lighter than aluminum. Right. Wow. And aluminum is, is used on automobiles to make the automobiles lighter. Light, so yeah. chop, cut that down by 46% again. You know you're on to something, wow. right? So mm-hmm. uh, now, if if somebody else was out to you know make their own hemp car, um, they would have to go through that whole process as well. Yeah. Um, so really, what I what I what I'm focusing on right now is the development of something that I call carbon negative fiber. It's like yeah. carbon fiber, only it's good for the environment. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm developing that so that other people, other companies can use that material to make their products instead of turning to carbon fiber, fiberglass, aluminum mm-hmm. and steel. Yeah. And let me just make make this very simple. If if you're out there right now and you're using, um, say, a, a fiberglass um, fabric to yeah, and, and some resins um, in order to make your product. You know, whether it's a shower enclosure or it's a kit car or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, if you toy. Or, yeah. You have to you have mm-hmm. to understand going into this that for every pound of that fiberglass that you use, you're dumping 12 pounds of CO2 into the atmosphere. Wow. And Amazing. if you're using carbon fiber, right? Now, especially if you're thinking, you know what? I really want to make a really green vehicle, an airplane or a, a train mm-hmm. or a bus or, or a car. Yeah. I'm gonna, and so it's got to be really green. So I'm going to go out and make out of carbon fiber. Mm-hmm. No. Because for every pound of carbon fiber you use, you're dumping anywhere from 20 to 48 tons, or excuse me, pounds of CO2 into the atmosphere. And that mm-hmm. may sound kind of weird. How could I, it, one pound of CO2, one pound of carbon fiber, and that's going to generate 20 pounds of CO2 that gets dumped in the atmosphere. And it literally the, is 20 pounds, yeah. but it's, right. it's gas. So it just escapes yeah. into the atmosphere. You don't see these big chunks. It's gas, mm-hmm. it's CO2, yeah. but that's right. literally what's going on. So it's, it's, 
And, and what's interesting with the, in the world today is that there are all these big corporations that are pledging to go carbon neutral, carbon mm-hmm. negative, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So they're concerned with the amount of CO2 that's generated during the manufacturing process yeah. uh, called embodied carbon. So even a, big companies like Unilever, right, they have 7,000 brands. You buy their stuff and use their stuff. You've got Q-tips. You've got, you know, Dove soap, all this kind of stuff. They, they're Razors, one of the biggest yeah. corporations in, in the world. Um, mm-hmm. They have committed to put right on the label on each one of their products in the coming years just how much CO2 is generated in the manufacturing of their process. Why are they doing that? Why are they doing it? They, they, because they're good citizens, and that's going to force all the rest of these other corporations in the future to do the same thing, right? Set the bar uh, higher, yeah, higher standards for, for companies. That's exactly right, right? It's great. So the trend is happening. The trend is happening. It's a wonderful thing, um, and, and all these companies, they're going to look for all sorts of ways to have a lowered carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. But I think what people like you and I are doing is helping to educate them. Hey, just look at hemp, right? Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's companies like like uh, uh, believe it or not, uh, British Petroleum, right? Mm-hmm. Delta Airlines, um, JetBlue. These guys are mm-hmm. all in the liquid. They're all very much involved in the liquid fossil fuels, right? Yeah. And what are they going to do? They're pledging to become carbon neutral. So what are they going to yeah. do? They've got to use they've got to use liquid fossil fuel, or they have to use liquid fuels. But it can't yeah. be dug up underneath the ground anymore. It needs to be mm-hmm. made from plant materials. And exactly. what grows faster than anything else than hemp? Um, yeah, exactly. Hemp. So you're going to have all this hemp agri- hemp uh, agricultural waste that's 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 going to be there. It's going to be just like back in 1941 when Henry Ford did it. So there's nothing under the, under the sun. The only thing that's changed is that we were finally waking up and going like, wow, this whole industrial revolution was a really cool thing. We really made a lot of advancements, but unfortunately we effed up the entire world. What we have to do right. is un-eff the entire world at this point. Or exactly. our grandkids, our grandkids, kids are, are just not going to, they're, have a world. You know? <laughs> yeah, That's right. To keep innovating. So it's a very exciting well, so time. Very exciting. It is. It is. It's a wild time and an exciting time, but we're on the cutting edge of, of reality, and we are the, the creators now to make this world a better place, and I feel like that's our opportunity here. And we, we kind of already went over some of your successes. I mean, obviously, actually making a hemp car is, is a success in and of itself, and then having Jay Leno come check it out and beat it with his hand is another cool little success. But what would you say some of the other uh, successes are that you've experienced in, in the last six years that you've gotten into the hemp industry? Well, I guess it was probably about a year and a half ago. Um, Dan Herrer contacted me um, and uh, asked me, now Dan is the son of Jack Herrer, um, and uh, for all of you that don't know that name, he's he's probably the most influential guy that has uh, that spent 30 years of his life trying to educate the world uh, about the the benefits of cannabis, right? But the grandfather of the hemp movement, yeah, yeah, 
Yep, yep. And but Dan approached me and said, you know, you came out of the computer industry. You're probably pretty good with the computer. Do you think you can recreate the book, uh, The Emperor Wears No Clothes, which is the number one best-selling uh, book about cannabis uh, and mm-hmm. cannabis hemp um, in history, uh, 700,000 yeah. copies, you know, in print. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, what the heck, I'll do it. So, you know, I had some time and uh, redigitized the whole book. And now it's back and available on Amazon, uh, the 14th edition. And so mm-hmm. people can get a hold of that. And, you know, especially, you know, I, I think people in their 60s, you know, and uh, like I am, uh, were more likely to have picked up that book because, you know, it was, it was still um, somewhat available up until 10 years ago. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. something that people knew. Um, I think the younger generations right now um, don't know much about this book, but you yeah. know what they say. If you don't know your history, you're just bound to repeat it. So yeah. this, this is, this is the quintessential book. Anybody that's interested in cannabis uh, mm-hmm. in, in any, in any way, shape or form really needs to read this book. It's just a really important book to get. Um, now we 100%. also created an, uh, also created a, a ebook version of the book as well with a lot of mm-hmm. updated stories and, and links to videos that you can watch, um, which is kind of cool too. So that's exciting. That's so go to Amazon now. right now. Yeah. Get that book. Mm-hmm. It's only nine ninety nine, and share it with your friends and buy it as a gift for someone for Christmas. It's totally worth it and help this movement to progress and uh, to transform the planet for the positive we just have a couple minutes left. I'm, I would love to have you back on the show again in, in the near future, but to uh, kind of wrap it up, what would you say some of the, the biggest opportunities in the hemp industry are right now in the foreseeable future, you know, other than biocomposites and plastics and, and things like that? Well, in my opinion, it's the structural materials market. That, mm-hmm. that hasn't been really touched. It's barely been touched at all but it's a trillion dollar market and addressing that can reduce man-made CO2 um, up to 9%. I don't think we replace all steel, aluminum, fiberglass and carbon fiber, but we can replace half of it or more. So to me, that's, that's the biggest opportunity out there. That's the biggest structural Um, industry. I love it. Yeah. Structural. Yeah. So just replacing all of those, those types of materials. But obviously, mm-hmm. anything made out of plastic, petroleum plastic can be made out of hemp plastic. Um, mm-hmm. All your papers can be made out of hemp, hemp uh, pulp. Uh, mm-hmm. There's just so many different things. And that's just another reason. Get yourself a copy of this book. It'll talk about how, how hemp has been used. And now, again, with the updated ebook version of this thing, we'll talk about all those different areas where it is being used. And we're adding new stories all the time. Exactly. And and by getting the book and reading through it, it'll very likely spark some ideas on whatever your area of expertise is. You know, maybe you're a musician or an artist or a teacher or, you know, you're an entrepreneur or whatever it is that you do uh, at Hemp Aware. We say do one thing, make your dot, make your D.O.T. and do one thing with hemp, because if we all just did one thing every single day with hemp, I think we're going to experience that paradigm shift that we're all envisioning uh, for a healthier, wealthier, happier 
planet um, with hemp as our vehicle. Um, so with just a couple minutes left, I'd, I'd love to hear your advice for any aspiring hemp entrepreneurs who, who want to enter into the hemp industry or the cannabis industry. What's, um, what's some advice that you'd share with them? And, and also, uh, where can people learn more about you uh, in the future? Well, um, to learn more about uh, what I've been doing, you can go to RenewSportsCars.com. Um, and then also have a site for, uh, for carbon negative fiber, which is called carbonnegativefiber.com. And then if you want to get a hold of the, uh, the, uh, a copy of the Emperor Wears No Clothes, just go to Amazon, look for that title. It's either the ebook that you can get or the 14th edition. That's the official edition for the, for the new version of that. Um, awesome. Now you were also asking one other thing. What was it? Just uh, any parting uh, advice or, or or you know inspiration for the hemp entrepreneurs out there that are listening to this. Um, just go at it, man, and find your niche. Um, there's it's just a very active space right now, and it's only going to get more active. So now is a great time to get involved. Uh, gosh, I wish I was your age so that I could do this for another 40 years. Um, so, totally. uh, just do it. Just do it. I love it. I totally agree. It's all about just finding what your expertise is, what your talents are and infusing hemp into that, whatever it might be. If you're a writer or a speaker or, um, a designer, a creator, no matter what it is that you do, there's at least one thing that you can do to incorporate hemp into that vision and, and mission and purpose. So that's why we're here. And um, I really appreciate working with you. And I can't wait to uh, see the future of the Emperor Wears No Clothes, uh, you know, returning and, and look forward to having you on the show in the future, Bruce. Thanks so much. It's been my pleasure, Tyler. All right. See you all uh, next time. Thanks for joining Hemp Aware Radio. Peace out, everyone.